Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another episode of Soar of Seeds Podcasts. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for all your wonderful blessings, Lord, for God, for life and for health, dear Lord, and for being able to get out and enjoy the day and go to work. Lord, I thank you so very much for that. Lord, I, I pray, God, that you would just, God, that you would just use this podcast at this time, dear God. Lord, give me the words to say, dear Lord, that I may help someone, that we may help someone, dear God, and get closer to you or help them understand your word a little bit better, dear God. Lord, I pray, that God, that you just move in a great and a mighty way. Lord, and just I just thank you for this podcast, and I thank you, dear God, for for everywhere that it goes, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just lay your hand upon it, dear Lord, and just send it out to do your will, dear God, not my will, but your will, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' sweet name, we pray. Amen. Amen. We're gonna go back into the fourteenth chapter of of. Uh, numbers, and uh, we're going to look into a couple of things there. One of them is uh, regulations for the sin offering, and a um, couple of things that I, I found very interesting uh, in the these verses. But uh, starting in uh, verse twenty-two, and said, "If you have erred and not." observed all these commandments, which the Lord has spoken unto Moses, even all the Lord hath commanded you by the hand of Moses, from the day that the Lord commanded Moses, and henceforth among your generations. Then it shall be, if aught be committed by ignorance, without the knowledge of the congregation, that all the congregation shall offer one young bullock for a burnt offering, for a sweet savor unto the Lord, with his meat offering and his drink offering, according to the manner, and one kid of the goats for a sin offering. Now, the Lord's telling Moses, he said, I want you to tell the people. He said, if they, they sin by ignorance, and I, I know I'm, I'm guilty of this a lot. Uh, I've I say that my, my basic thing is, is I say things that I shouldn't say. And uh, I get aggravated, especially at work. I get aggravated and, and uh, I'll say things and, and not thinking. And then just as soon as I said it, uh, I'll have to ask the Lord forgive me. And, you know, we... <laughs> I, they're not old habits. Uh, it's just those things that we are around so much. And, you know, when you're around people that uh, they don't care how they talk and what words they say and who's listening to them, it, it really it will rub off on you if you are not very careful. And you will catch yourself in, in the heat of the moment when you're the most aggravated and you will say some word that, just as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you know that it's not right. But, you know, it's things that we do by ignorance, things that, that, like I said, we get, we get angry and we do things or, 
or somebody uh, smarts off to us, and, and before we think about it, we smart it off back to them. And it may not be any bad words come out. It's, it's just the tone that we are using to go, to go back and say something back to them just because of what they said to us. And, you know, that's, that's the bad part about it is, and the thing about it is, is, is the Lord knows all about this stuff. He, he knows about it and he give us a route of escape. He give us a chance to, at that point in time, to ask him to forgive us. See, the difference between our atonement now and the children of Israel's atonement when they were back in, uh, in the wilderness they had to take the time to go pick out a a, a kid or, or a lamb or something of that nature and get their, their wine together and their, their meat offering together and then take all of this and take it to the priest and they had to tell the priest what they had done and then the priest would offer this uh, sacrifice for them. So, you know, we're talking about almost a half a day there. You know, it may not take that long, but it'll take a long time to get all this done. But see now, since Jesus died upon the cross, all we have to do is just stop right where we're at and just ask God to forgive us. Ask the Lord to forgive us. Lord, uh, just forgive me for the word that I just said. I know that I'm not supposed to see the, to say that. And also, Lord, I ask that you will help me control my temper and control my mouth and control my thoughts. You know, it's just not one thing that that actually um, created the sin. It, it was many things. It was a point that you were upset and you were angered and the point that uh, uh, Satan got into your mind and he planted this word in your mind and, and it, it popped out before you really thought about it. And... The old saying is, we spoke before we thought. And this happens a lot of times. Not only to you, but to everybody. Because we we get into the moment and we get to the point of where that we are, we say things that we shouldn't say. And, and uh, you know, it, it just, I don't know how any better to explain it, but just things that are done by ignorance, things that are done out of, uh, anxiety and, and hatred and, and, uh, being just aggravated and things of that nature. But, you know, there's the Lord made a route of escape even for the children of Israel. And he said, you just take, uh, uh, you take a young bullock for the burnt offering for a sweet savor, uh, with his meat offering and his drink offering according to the manner and one kid of the goats for a sin offering. And a priest, verse 25, and a priest shall make an atonement for all the congregation of the children of Israel, and it shall be forgiven them, for it is ignorance. And they shall bring their offering, a sacrifice made by fire, unto the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord for their ignorance. And it shall be forgiven all the congregation of the children of Israel and the stranger that sojourneth among them, seeing all the people were in ignorance. And if any soul, any soul sin through ignorance, then he shall bring 
a she-goat of the first year for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for the soul that sinneth ignorantly when he sinneth by ignorance before the Lord to make an atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. Not only, not only were the children, this law uh, of the uh, sacrifice, not only was it a law for the children of Israel, but it was also a law for all those that uh, were not Hebrews that, uh, so that lived with them. You remember uh, when they come out of Egypt, they had a, a mixed multitude that come out with them. And this law uh, that the Lord had just handed down, it also applied to them. And it wasn't just uh, one group of people. And, and uh, you know, uh, it was the same for everybody. And it's the same salvation today for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what church you belong to. It's the same salvation. If you want to go to heaven, you have got to have the blood applied to you. You've got to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. And you have got to turn from sin and to sin no more. If you want to make it to heaven. Now then, verse 30. But the soul that doeth out presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproaches the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Because he hath despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandment, that soul shall utterly be cut off his iniquity shall be upon him. No mention of an atonement. No mention of forgiveness. If you do something outright, uh, you steal, you uh, kill, you uh, rape, uh, you do all these things uh, that are sins, you do these things outright, you know that you're doing them when you do them, and you plan to do it, you planned out exactly how you were going to do it, you done it pre, um, presumptuously, then you are cut off from the rest of the people. You are no longer a Jew, you are no longer a Hebrew, you are you are an outcast, Um and it, it doesn't say anything about atonement. This is for those people that that just right out do a wrong thing. This Now, this is God's chosen people that he's talking to. This is the, the Israelites. It's his chosen people. This is the ones that he has led out of Egypt. Yes, this, this is a type and shadow of the Christians today. This is a type of, of the children of God. They are God's children. And God and the Lord told them, if you do these sins and you do them outright, you meant to do them, you wanted to do them, then you are to be cut off from the rest of the children of God. You are no longer a saved person. You are no longer a Christian. You have went back out in sin. Regardless of what people are preaching and teaching today, you can fall from grace and you can be left out when uh, God comes back after his people. It just says so right here and in many other places in the Bible. 
But he said, if you do it, and you wantingly do it, you willingly do it, you have devised a plan to be able to do it, then you are cut off from the people. But see, today, even though we do these things, we do these things willingly, we do these things because we want to, we can still, at some point in time, we can still come back to the Lord. We have to turn from those sins. We have to turn away from those things that we were doing. We have to leave those things behind. We can't do those things anymore. We have to follow Jesus completely and completely uh, get out from among the world and be a separated people. Stoning a man. Now, let me tell you something. <laughs> this one here, I have thought long and hard about this these uh, next few verses here because, you know, I can remember a time. I'm, I'm 63 years old, and I can remember a time when I was young. Only the basic half-two places were open on Sundays. Gas stations, maybe a convenience market, and that was it. Now then... It, it's it's just another day. People opened their stores, and and uh, it doesn't matter what they have to sell. They sell it anytime they want to. They they and it's just another day to everybody. It seems like that the whole world has just uh, completely gotten away from from Sundays. Sunday is a day of rest. If you will go back and you will search the uh, old calendar calendars, you will find that actually Sunday was the last day of the week. That was the day of rest, the Sabbath day. And we as uh, Christians nowadays, we, we want to put the Lord first. So we took the Sabbath day or the day of rest and we put it on the first day of the week so that we can be able to rest up from our our uh, week of work and everything and to learn about the Lord and, and to go to his house and worship him and get rested up so we can start another week on Monday. But now it's just another day. People, uh, they mow their yards on uh, on the Sunday. They, they Anything that they do, uh, Monday through Saturday, they now do on Sunday because it is not a respected day anymore. Our churches are not a respected uh, building anymore. We uh, People have gotten so far from the Lord that they have just completely uh, lost all respect and concern for God whatsoever. I know, back, like I said, back when I was young, even though people were out in sin, even though they drank and and uh, done all these things, they would not do none of this near a church house. And a lot of times these people that drank and, and uh, caroused and done all these things, a lot of them on Sunday morning, they would be in church and they would be sober and they would be sitting there with their families. And they would be... They would be uncomfortable because they were in church, but they would be there. 
and still, and you would never even think about going into the house of God and taking anything out because, you know, and church doors, uh, back, back, back then, they never even locked them. They, they were always open so that any time that you needed to get in touch with the Lord and, and you felt like it, you needed to be in a place where that he would, he would, you knew that he was at, you could always go to the end of the church. You could kneel down and pray. And uh, you never bothered anything. They could leave money out in the offering place and you would never touch it because this is God's house. You respected the house. You respected God. And you knew that if something happened to you, you, you knew that if you did anything to disrespect God, that something would happen to you. This, this man here, he was out, he was found by men gathering sticks upon the Sabbath day. He was just out picking up sticks. Maybe he got bored. He, and he figured, well, you know, I'll get, I'll get a jump start on, on Monday. So I'll go out and, uh, I'll give me a few sticks and everything so I can, I can start my fire in the morning for breakfast. He got caught doing this. The ones that called him took him to Moses, told Moses what he was doing. And they put him in ward or in prison or in jail. They put him in jail till Moses could find out just exactly what to do with him. And Moses asked the Lord, you know, what, what, what do I do? And, Mo, and the Lord said unto Moses, verse 35, And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall surely be put to death for picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. That's all he was doing. And the Lord told Moses, he needed to be put to death. You remember the law that God handed down? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And he also went as far as to tell them that he did not want them to do anything at all on the Sabbath day. Nothing. He didn't want them to build a fire. He didn't want them to cook their meals. He, the Lord did not want them to do anything but rest. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rest on the Sabbath day. You cooked all your food that you were going to eat on the Sabbath day. You cooked that on the day before. The women, they spent a little bit more time, and when they fixed their meals, they always fixed a little bit more, and they would put that little bit more that they had, they would put it back. You remember when they went out together the manna, the, man, the Lord told them, said, when you go out on the sixth day, I want you to uh, gather twice as much per person as you normally would. In other words, if you uh, collected an omer for a person, uh, then you would collect two homers for a person. And this, this was to be laid over until the Sabbath day because if you got up and went out on the Sabbath day to get it, it was not there. And any other day, if you gathered enough for two days other than the sixth day, 
if you gathered enough for the next day, when you got up the next day, it was uh, had worms in it and it stank. It had turned rotten. But now on the, when you gathered on the sixth day, it was stayed just as fresh as the day you you gathered it on the seventh day. If you want to do any baking or grinding of this manna to make bread out of it or anything like that, it had to be done on the sixth day. So this man, for whatever reason, the Bible doesn't say, but he went out on the Sabbath day to pick, and was picking up sticks and got caught, was taken to Moses, and they put him in ward till Moses could find out exactly what the Lord wanted them to do to him. And the Lord told him for the whole congregation to gather together and stone this man until he was dead for picking up sticks. You know, we, we might think, well, man, that's, that's, that's a little harsh just for picking up sticks. No, the Lord is trying to prove a point here. And, you know, it, it should be that strict today. Salvation, serving the Lord, living for the Lord, Christianity should be that strict today. But we as Christians, we as children of God, we have gotten so laxed on God and we have basically got to the point of where that we have just sat down and forgot everything and we're waiting on him to come back. You know, the world can do whatever it wants to. I could care less. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm going to wait till the Lord comes back. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing, keep out of trouble. Well, I don't, I don't think it really works that way. But, you know, I hope, I hope that you'll be all right. But now let's go. Now then you need to go back and you need to look up the, the, uh, the story of the 10 virgins. You need to look that up and read that. Yeah, some of them made it in, but you know, the, the, the five that made it in, they, they had their oil, the oil in their lamps and they had extra oil. But they were still asleep, but yet they, they weren't as, maybe as asleep as the others, or they hadn't been asleep as long as the others. But anyway, they made it in. The, the other five that were, uh, really asleep or been asleep longer or whatever, they got up and, and trimmed their, trimmed their lamps and everything, found out that they didn't have enough oil to make it till the bridegroom opened the door. So they had to go by. They had to go back and they had to go back and repent and, and ask the Lord to forgive them. They had to go seek the Lord and, and so that they could get some more oil. But when they got there and, and they thought they had their oil and they got back, the door was closed and they couldn't make it into the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, yeah, there's, there's a possibility that you won't make it in if you, if you just sit down and decide that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do anything, and uh, uh, I'm just going to wait on the Lord to come back after me. We, you, know, I, you know, I'm not a betting person. I never have been, but I, if I was, I, I know a lot of people... Uh, that do bet and they like to hedge their bets. In other words, they like to bet on sure things. And I know for a fact that if 
I am doing, if I'm about the Father's business, I am doing the Lord's work. I am doing what he wants me to do. And I am following him and doing my best to be the best Christian that I can be. I know for a fact that I'm going to make it in. And I'm going to walk to those pearly gates with my head held high. But you know, how are you going to make it in? Are you going to be one of those that say, boy, just made it in by the skin of my teeth? Or are you going to be one of those that walks through that gate with your head held high knowing that you have done everything that you possibly could to get to that point right there? You have followed the Lord. You have walked that journey that he put you on. You have done the job or jobs that he has given you. And you, you are ready. You are, you know that you deserve that, that retirement plan that the Lord has got for you. You know that you deserve that and you're ready for it. You know, it's, it's going to be a sad thing when the Lord comes back after his people, because I'm afraid that there might be a whole lot of people that's thinking that they're going to heaven and they're going to be left behind. And, you know, this right now, right now is a time that we need to check our tickets, make sure we've got our ticket, make sure that we know what uh, gate that we need to be at when the Lord comes back to get us and make sure that we're, we're there and we're ready and waiting on, on the train to come in. So that when we, when we, when the train comes in, we can step on board and the conductor can, uh, stamp our ticket and we're ready to go. We know we're ready to go. So, but you know, that's, that's, we've got to be ready and we've got to obey the Lord. You know, that, there's a lot of things that I know that people think that, well, you know, that's a little bit strict. But, you know, it's time that we get back to the old past, back to the old-time religion. I know I, I grew up in uh, Free Will Baptist. My dad, uh, he changed from Free Will Baptist to Pentecost. And let me tell you, the Pentecost back in those days, that's been about 40 40, 50 years ago, the Pentecost back in those days were strict, very strict. And that we need to get back to those days. We need to get back to that point to where that we are. We need to get back to the point of where the children of Israel are out in the wilderness where God is blessing them and God has used them. Yeah, they they grumbled and complained and everything and and got they they grumbled and complained their way out of the promised land at this point in time, but that does not mean that they are still not saved and on their way to heaven. That just means that that, that, that greater blessing that the Lord had for them, they're not going to get. And, you know, that's, that's the thing about the people that are, are have just sat down on, on the Lord and waiting on the Lord to come back after them. They're, they're not going to make it into the promised land. They're not going to make it into that place for that the Lord has got for them to where that he can richly bless them and use them in a great and mighty way. And, you know, it, it's, the thing about it is, is I want to go to heaven, but I want to take as many people with me as I can when I go. I don't want to go by myself. You know, I want to take somebody with me. I mean, there are as many as I can with. I would love to take the whole world with me. 
I would love for when the Lord comes after his people that everybody that's alive on this earth at that time goes to heaven. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. But Christians, we're going to have to wake up. We're going to have to get up. We're going to have to get in tune with God. And we're going to have to do some praying. We're going to have to miss some meals. We're going to have to do some fasting and praying and seeking God. And we're going to have to get on fire for the Lord. And we're going to have to, to create a, a fire that will burn across this world that has never, like it has never seen before. But we need, we need to be willing to do this and we need to want to do this. Verse 37. <laughs> now, the, this is, this is something that, uh, I thought about a lot too, but. Oh, uh, what was that movement back in, what was it, the 60s? Uh, the hippies and, uh, and the flyer child and, and all that. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they wore their jackets and their dresses and everything. They had fringes all over them. Uh, I can remember, still remember those. And, but the Lord is speaking here to the children of Israel in verse 37. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generation, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye use to go a whoring, that ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. He said, now I want you to take on the borders of the hem of your garment and I want you to put fringe on them. And uh, on each fringe, I want you to put a, a, a blue ribbon. And this is to remind everybody, when, they, whenever, when I look at someone else and I see these fringes on their, the borders of their garments and it has this blue ribbon on it, I know that these are put on there because the Lord wants us to remember the commandments, remember his commandments. And you know, we, like there again, we as children of God, we have a tendency to forget very easily. Oh, I'm constantly asking the Lord, Lord, help me to remember more about your word than I do. Help me to remember more about the sermons and the messages that, uh, that are being preached and taught. Help me to remember this. Help me to remember these words because my memory anymore is, is, is very bad. I, I have a hard time remembering my name sometimes. But they, the Lord said, I'm going to put, I want you to put these fringes on the borders of your garment so that you will remember every time you see them, you will remember the commandments and you will keep these commandments in, in your head. You know, it's just, you know, they like I said, there's probably a million people or more uh, in this band of the children of Israel. 
and it's just one or two here and there put it on there, you, you could completely miss them and never see them. But if everybody does it, everyone you look at, you're going to see this fringe with this blue ribbon on it, and then you're going to know exactly what that stands for, and you're going, you're, you're going to be thinking about those commandments when you see that. You're going to be thinking about them and exactly what it was that the Lord told you that you couldn't do and what you should be doing. So, you know, anything that we can do to help us to remember um, God's graces and God's mercy and and uh, everything like that, we need to remember those things. Not, And we, we need to remember all the, the hard times we had, and we, we need to remember all the times uh, that we had when we were out in sin, not to go back and not to lust after them, but to remember them so we can tell other people, hey, I've been there. You know, experiences is one of the greatest teachers that ever was. And I, I believe that that is a, a, a great reason why that Jesus came down and spent 33 and a third years on this earth is because he wanted to know just exactly what it was like to be me and you. He wanted to know what it was like to be human. He wanted to know what it was like to be hungry and thirsty and tired and sleepy. He wanted to know. He wanted to know what it was going to be like to be tempted by Satan. He wanted to know these things. You know, I, I, I said one time I, um, in Sunday school, I said, I, I can just imagine after the earth was formed and man was uh, starting to, to sin and to turn their back upon the Lord, I said, I can just imagine the conversation between my heavenly father and Jesus. And how the, uh, the Heavenly Father told Jesus that he needed to go down and he needed to, be, to become the ultimate sacrifice for these people. That he needed to go down there and he needed to give his life for these people. He said, he said well, Father, he said, first off, he said, I need to go down early, uh, uh, quite a bit early before this happens because I need to know just exactly what it's going to be like to be these people. I want to know firsthand exactly what it's like to be uh, the be human. I need to know that so that I know so that when things come against them and 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 uh, they are hungry and thirsty and tired and all this stuff, I know just exactly how they feel. So that way I can I can help them better and I can relate to them more. And that, and you know, I, I don't know that that's true. I don't have nothing in the Bible that says it is, but that thought came to me one time. And, you know, he came down and spent that time up on the earth to become, to know what it was like to be me and you, to tell the world about salvation, to tell the world what it meant to be, to follow him, to tell the world about all of the different things that he had in store for each and every one of us just because he loved us, because he loved us. You know, he he gets, I know he gets, he's got to get angry at me sometimes. I, it's, with all my trying and all, everything that I do, I still mess up daily just about it. And I get angry at myself because I know he's getting mad at me and upset with me because of the things I do. 
stupid things that I know better. But, you know, he always forgives me. He always tells me. He says, it's all right, son. I know what it's like. I've been there. And that's exactly the reason why he came down to this earth. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. For I am the Lord your God that brought you out of sin Bought and brought you out of the, that pit that you were in. And I cleaned you up. And I set you up on the solid rock. And I, I'm walking beside of you every step that you take. That's who I am. That's what I do. I am the Lord, your God. You know, there's no one in this world that will ever do for me what my Lord and Savior has done for me. He has, I mean, I can, I can start telling you the things that he has done for me right now. And when I die, I'll still be sitting here telling you what he has done for me because I can never tell everything that he has done for me. But he gives me life every day. He, and he, he supplies all my needs during the day. I want for nothing. I need nothing. I want more of him and I need more of him. But other than, but other than that, of this earthly thing, of the earthly things, I need nothing and I want nothing because he has supplied my every need. And he will keep on doing that as long as I follow him and as long as I'm doing his will, he will, he will, he will give me whatever I need to go on to whatever I need to make my life more comfortable here upon this earth, he will give it to me. And he will do the same for you because he is no respecter of person. He will, what he will do for one, he will do for another. If he done it for the children of Israel, he will do it for you. And let me tell you something. You need to really think about this. But they were 40 years in the desert. In the wilderness, 40 years. There were no, no stores to buy their clothes, their food, their water, uh, the, whatever they needed for their wagons or, and, and their animals. And, and uh, they, they did not have a place to buy all this stuff for 40 years, but they never went hungry. They never went thirsty. They never went naked. They always had whatever they needed to make it through for 40 years. Even though the Lord told them that they would not make it, they would not go into the promised land, that they would die in the wilderness, he still provided their, for, provided their needs, whatever it was, for 40 years. Now think about that one for a little while. Now then, I asked you, what have you got to worry about? What have you got to be concerned about? If God, our Father, and Jesus, his Son, supplied the children of Israel's needs for 40 years in the wilderness, what have we got to be concerned about? The greatest reason why that a lot of us do not get our needs met and we are struggling so much is because we 
fail to give God thanks for the things that we have. And we continually complain and grumble and fuss and gripe because of the things that we think we need that we don't have. We need to get our priorities straight. We need to be happy with what we have. Be content with what we have. Thank God for what we have. And use it for the glory of God. And God will bless us with more. You know, and, and the Lord, he is he wants to give us according to his riches and glory. He wants to give us everything. He wants, God wants his children to have the best of everything in this life. He wants us to have the best of everything. But you know why I don't have the best of everything? I'll tell you why. Because God can't trust me with it. I don't even trust myself with it. So as long as I have got just exactly what I need to make it through this life and not a great abundance or anything like that, I'm happy. I'm happy. I've got a roof over my head. I've got a place to sleep. I've got food on the table, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, a job, two vehicles. What else do I need? As far as, this, as, far as the worldly things, nothing. There is nothing more than I need. But you know, the one thing that I always want, like I've said before, is more of God. I want more of God. I want to know more about his book. I want to know more about my Lord and Savior. I want to know everything that I, that I can about them. And, you know, life, life gets in the way of my study and, and, uh, <laughs> and yes, I, I, I continually ask the Lord. I, for more time to study and more time to talk to him. You know, that's that's what I desire more than anything. And, you know, and I get angry with myself sometimes because I don't get up early enough in the morning but uh, so I can sit and study at least 30 minutes and pray 15, 20 minutes. Um, I get angry with myself. Uh, I've got my clock set for 4.30, and if my clock goes off, I'm upset because I should have been up 30, 45 minutes before. And <laughs> that's just the way I am anymore. You know, things of this world, they, they don't mean a whole lot to me anymore. Um, I can live with them or I can live without them. But God, my Jesus, my Savior, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I cannot live without him. I don't want to live without him. I ain't going to live without him. Because without him... I can do all things. Without him, I can't do nothing. With him, I can do all things. Let's get that straight. Without him, I can do nothing. With him, I can do all things. It tells me so in the Bible. It says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. All things. It doesn't matter. I can do it. I can do it. I know I can. Because my my big brother told me I could. But we're going to get into uh, chapter 16 next week. Uh, We have another uprising. Uh, Imagine that. Uh, We have some people thinking that uh, they're a little bit better than than, uh, some of the others are, and they should be in the position that uh, some of the other. You know, we're going through a thing right now at work. We're um, hiring within the plant. We're hiring uh, uh, 
uh, supervisor and he was a lead man and now then lead man uh, job is open. So the lead man from third shift is going to come to first shift and uh, there's a lot that he's getting upset because that uh, they didn't do it certain ways. And, you know, the thing about it is, is uh, the Lord's going to do it his way, whether you like it or not. So, you know, if, if things happens and you don't like them, don't tell me about it. Tell God about it, you know, and be very careful. Be very careful about how you bring it before the Lord. If you bring it to him with, in a, with a hateful attitude and, and angry and malice, uh, you're going to get in trouble. Now, children of Israel, every time they started complaining to the Lord and every time they started uh, uh, murmuring and going on and and complaining to Aaron and Moses and everything, every time they done it, they got in trouble some some way. And it, it seems like that the, the punishment is getting just a little bit more intense and a little bit more harder each time that they do it. And... You know, it's 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 not going to get any better. But you know, you say, well, the Lord don't, the Lord don't chastise people like he used to. Yeah, he does. He just doesn't chastise. We're just not as close together as the children of Israel was, and uh, we don't get in such a big groups like they did and go against God. It's it's more now of a one on one than it is families and and friends and things like that. So, yeah, he he chastises each and every one of us in a different way. And so I'll tell you what, some of it is not, not fun at all, not fun at all. But I thank you all for listening, and, and I pray that God just blesses you all immensely, and I hope you got something out of this. But until the next time, I hope God blesses you. Thank you.